following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Okay. <clears throat> that uh, song always makes me think of camp because of the breeze and the sweetly singing birds and uh, seeing the stars, there was a gentleman who always brings his um, telescope out and sets it out in the middle and the kids all come and look at the stars and he's naming them all off and I didn't know they had names and he's got them all. It was, it was really neat. How great is our God? Well, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 4. Four, we're going to look at verses 14 and 15, and that's page 859 in the Pew Bibles. So again, just a reminder, we have been at camp all week, so this sermon might not be that long. Then um, maybe you're relieved to hear that. Um, but I would like to consider this morning what was on full display at camp this week for us, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So let's look at Luke chapter 4, 14 to 15. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Let's pray. Father, we ask again that your power would be on full display this morning. We pray, Lord, as we turn to your word, that your spirit would speak. We entrust this time uh, to you for your glory and for our good. Again, may we see your power on display in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, I know you were expecting a lot longer text than that. Uh, And honestly, as I was preparing, uh, it was very tempting to just kind of roll these two verses in with a a nice big chunk uh, that's coming. Um, But I, well, I didn't. So um, so here in Luke's record... um, he skips over a pretty sizable chunk of the life and ministry of Jesus, some, some pretty significant events. Um, in fact, he skips over um, what John in his gospel takes the better part of four chapters to describe. Um, and if you'd like to see what happened in the gap between Luke 4.13 and Luke 4.14, you can read John chapter 1, 19... Uh, John 1, 19 through John 4, 45. And it's a, it's a pretty big piece. Um, Luke skips over the calling of the first disciples. Uh, when Jesus first met Andrew and Peter and those guys, James and John. Uh, skipped over Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana. At, at Cana. Cana didn't get married. He skipped over the first Passover. Um, during Jesus' ministry, which is how the scholars determine roughly how long Jesus' ministry actually was by the number of Passovers that are recorded in the gospel, Gospels. Um, 
Luke skipped over Jesus interacting with Nicodemus. Um, and he skipped over the interaction with the woman at the well in Samaria. Um, and these are really important events. And there are a lot to learn from them. And that's why John recorded them. <laughs> but we're not studying John. We're studying Luke. So Luke skips from Jesus' baptism to the temptation in the wilderness to the beginning of Jesus' public ministry in Galilee. And all three of these events, or summaries of these events, recorded by Luke, have one major thing in common, and that is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus' baptism in chapter 3, while he was praying, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. At the beginning of chapter 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. And here in verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went throughout all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So what's significant about the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? This, I think, again, speaks to the doctrine of the humanity of Jesus. We know that Jesus is the Son of God. We know that Jesus is divine, right? He is God, fully God. But we can't forget that Jesus is also fully man. If Jesus was not fully man, he wouldn't be an acceptable sacrifice for our sin. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be complete. Jesus is fully man. John 1, 14 through 16 says, And the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This is Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Fully God, fully God from eternity past, and now fully man as well. For eternity. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So when Paul says that Jesus emptied himself there in Philippians, Jesus did not empty himself of his divinity. He's still fully God, but he emptied himself of his power and glory. Fully man while still fully God. So what does that mean and how does that relate to our text for this morning? Well, what this means is that Jesus, fully man, was dependent on the Holy Spirit 
for the power to accomplish God's will. Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish the work that he had been given to accomplish on earth. Without the power of the Spirit, without the presence of the Holy Spirit, there would be no miracles. There would be no resistance to temptation. There would be no effective preaching. There would be no redemption. Nothing good was possible. Nothing productive for the kingdom of God was possible in Jesus without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. What is the importance of this truth beyond seeing the cooperation of the Trinity in the life of Jesus? That's also important, that there is a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, unique but three in one. But what is the significance of the dependence of Jesus on the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, and what does that have to do with us? These are questions we always have to ask when we look at Scripture. What does that have to do with me? Sometimes the answer is it doesn't. This time it does. Simple. If Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit to do anything good, how much more do we? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need his presence. Jesus reminded his disciples of his promise of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. This was after the resurrection, just before Jesus ascended to the Father. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. It says, While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's the promise. Power. The Greek word is dunamis. But the U sound is a Y. So in English, we get the word dynamite. Right? Power to accomplish something. That's, we'd like to think it's explosive power. But it's, just, it's just power. Dial it back. Power to do what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to do what? It's to accomplish God's will, just like Jesus. Good job. John 14, 12 through 17, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, 
to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The same power that dwelt in Jesus to accomplish God's will dwells with and in Jesus' followers, those who have put their trust in him. Charles Spurgeon, known as the Prince of Preachers, he said, Jesus was a divine teacher, and yet when he went to his work, it was in the power of the Spirit. Terry, brother, wait with eager expectation till you have that power, for it's of no use for you to go without it. Without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus couldn't accomplish anything. And the same is true of us. Our work is different. Our work is different than Jesus. But the source of power to do that work is the same. The power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe one major difference um, you might notice between you and Jesus. Just one. (laughs) Uh, was that he's really good at operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. And you, not so much. We are never going to be perfect at this. We are never, we're never going to get it all right. But we can definitely and certainly learn to connect with the Holy Spirit better by following Jesus' example. Jesus recognized his dependence on the Holy Spirit. Jesus submitted to the Spirit's work through him. And Jesus took advantage of the opportunities to do the work that the Spirit empowered him to do. With the Spirit's help, we can do those exact same things. We can recognize our dependence on the Holy Spirit. That's where it starts. We can submit to the Spirit's work through us. And we can take advantage of the opportunities to do the work that the Holy Spirit has empowered us to do. We must recognize we're dependent on the Holy Spirit to do anything good. No good comes from ourselves, but from the Lord working through us. Get a handle on that. You know, we kind of joke about, you know, in situations, something comes up that kind of catches us the wrong way. And we say, well... You know, in my flesh, I really felt like I wanted to do this, or in my flesh, I wanted to say that. That ain't good. Because the flesh accomplishes nothing good. It's only the Spirit that accomplishes good through us. We must submit to the Spirit's work in and through us. We must recognize that we've been given work by the Lord to do. To be his witnesses in the world. That's the work. To tell our friends and our family and our co-workers and strangers about the love of Jesus. And the forgiveness of sin that is available through faith in him alone. And we've got to learn to take advantage of the opportunity. Take advantage of the opportunities that are given to us to do that work. We have to learn to pay attention. Let the Spirit speak through us. Pay attention and look for opportunities 
to share the love of Jesus. We've got to learn to look for open doors. We've got to learn to jiggle the handle. Even when a door looks closed, you'll never know. Trusting in the Lord is so much more than just trusting him to deal with our sin on the cross, though that's where it starts. We need to trust in him every moment to lead us, to protect us, to empower us to do his work and to do his will on earth that he might be glorified by everyone. When we say no to what he has asked us to do, that is not trusting the Lord. Okay? Got that? That was for me. You're, wel- you're welcome to listen. Right? We have to do what he has called us to do. He will give us the power to do it. Otherwise, we're just sitting on a full tank of gas and not going anywhere. We have to be willing to move. We have to be willing to 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 do what it is that he's asked us to do for his glory in the earth. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you for the chance to be together this morning. We thank you for this brief word. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells within us all by faith in Jesus. It's not a matter of how we feel or tingling sensation, or seeing things that no one else can see. Father, remind us of your presence with us. You've done exactly as you've promised, given us another helper to be with us and to be in us. Lord, forgive us for the times that we ignore the opportunities that you've given to us. We pray, Lord, again, that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would be that of reminding us of the good we ought to do. For you've given us the power to accomplish your will. Now, Lord, we ask that you would give us the willingness to accomplish your will. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church. Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.